Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. That tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. Welcome back. So you know what it is. It is stacking pennies, and I am joined my good friends, Mr. Chuck Bush. Hello. Ice Cold Blue Mountain takes Jonathan Merriman. Hi. And Pit Road Bookmose Analyst, front tire changer of now a non-championship contending two-car, Mr. Ryan Flores. Also in the championship Xfinity race, so just give me some credit here. Okay, championship Xfinity contender, front tire changer, and eighth-place points contender in, in the Cup Series, Ryan Flores. Yeah, hey, good to see you. Man, Saturday, boys, let's just go ahead and talk about it chronologically. Uh, I didn't get to watch much of the Xfinity race, but the truck race was, like, out of control. Uh, and I wish that you could just like point a finger and be like, look at all these little kids driving all over each other, but it's not, there were grown men driving all over each other. Like you were at Frankie's fun park at the slick track. I didn't even get to really watch the beginning of it. Saw some guys, saw this guy pissed off at that guy, Parker Kligerman and Johnny Sauter got into it back to each other in the fence there. Merriman, what was your take on that truck series race with a win in your end situation by Zane Smith? Uh, well, first off, let me say I was at uh, Carowinds, so I didn't get to watch it live. I did go back and watch some highlights. I thought that race, I thought the ending of it was exciting. Obviously, Chandler Smith getting that win and, and advancing is great. I don't like how that one ended per se, uh, but look, he had nothing to do with that. Uh, we were talking before we started recording the show. What was Friesen thinking there? And, and then you got John Hunter kind of getting taken out. Oh, my God. Let's talk about that, right? Hang on, Merriman. I'm cutting you off. You brought up a good story. We're bringing it up. But I also need Merriman to say Zane Smith. Oh, what did I say? Chandler Smith. Both racing <laughs> drivers, but it was Zane that won. Was he on Friends? <laughs> I, wonder, I was wondering like, what you were talking about there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I was at Carowinds, man. I was a Scooby-Doo riding, yeah. the, riding the Jeeps. Just say Zane Smith in a couple of different inflections. Zane Smith. Zane Smith. Zane Smith. Zane Smith. <laughs> It'll cut together. It'll be beautiful. Or we just leave this all in and talk about Merriman being a dumbass yeah. and calling the wrong wrong winner. I don't think we ever do anything like that ever. No, no, <laughs> we don't. Can we talk about the essentially the points leader in John Hunter Nemechek? He's won, I don't know. He's hashtag here for wins. He's won a bunch of them. Back there racing with Austin Wayne Self, and Austin Wayne Self, Ryan, gives him the widow maker. What the hell was he doing? Yeah, I don't know. Like, we – we were traveling up there to do the Xfinity race. I didn't get to see much of it other than the end, but so two things, right? I don't know why John Hunter dumped track position was back there racing against goes racing against those guys. And it, man, it looked like he shoved him around a little bit and then went bottom three, but I don't know if it was just an awareness thing from Austin Wayne, or if he was just wanting to wreck him. I don't know what, what that screwed up to you, but that is when you right hook somebody, that's the equivalent of like taking the gloves off. Yeah, we call it the widow maker around here in in the biz, Chuck. In the biz, in the biz. So luckily for John John Hunter Nemechek, he had enough points in the bank to punch his ticket. I believe he was his ticket was already punched for for Phoenix. But somebody who was out, wild ending because Zane Smith had to win to get in. But him winning knocked out his teammate and the reigning champion Sheldon Creed out of the playoffs. So. I'm sure the competition meeting over at GMS was not very good on a Monday morning. I don't know. I mean, Sheldon did go over to uh, congratulate him in Victor Lane. He wasn't anything that Zane did that knocked Sheldon out. It's just it's one of those things about Martinsville. And when you're in that sort of final four, like you're getting to that final four, those I feel like those alliances, the team membership things kind of go out the window right yeah like you're going for it you know what you got to do and like it sucks yeah it sucks that we don't have the defending champion in the truck series racing to defend that title but at the same time we got a hell of a finish at martinsville i mean you get this young kid zane smith racing for his uh, first shot at a title and you know just got his first win was when was that last year yeah i mean he, he's got a lot of competitive stock his stock was pretty high and racing now for a championship and if if history bodes true again, I mean, we saw Chase Elliott win Martinsville when he was out, wins the championship. We saw Joey Logano do it a couple years ago, I believe 2018, and wins. If that rolls over from the two guys that were in a win and you're in situation from the Truck Series race and Zane Smith, as well as the Xfinity Series race, 
in Noah Gregson. He was 27 points below the cut line before the start of that one. I saw a couple highlights. Him and Tyrone Gibbs, our friend of the show, got into it, and Ty was around. But Merriman, were you, I know you were at Scarewind, so I'm not even going to ask you. No, I watched that one. You did watch that one. Well, our good yes. friend Ryan Flores was pitting it on the 22. You had a front row seat. What were them kiddos doing on that Saturday night? I don't know what Ty Gibbs and them are doing. We were focused on on winning the race, right? And we were just working hard at putting ourselves in that position. And uh, I, I felt like, you know, I was frustrated that we didn't door the nine coming to the checkered. But I also thought that Austin did a good job kind of thinking big picture there. If it's me, I'll probably drive right in his door. But uh, you, you also don't want enemies going to next week. And, and the whole goal, obviously, they want to win as many races as they can, but the goal is to win the championship. So to be able to go there without that looming over your head is something that maybe like um, a guy like Danny Hamlin could take notes on. Ooh, little zinger, little zinger. How about we just go ahead and transition right to the cup race? You you crack the door. I'm going to kick that shit right open. <laughs> the largest crowd in Martinsville uh, since 2016, guys. So the fans came out in droves. It was packed. You know, there was a couple of seats here and there in the corners that weren't full. But generally speaking, it was jam-packed. There were people searching for hot dogs. It was so packed because the lines for the hot dog stands out in the grandstands, long lines. People were like trying to get hot dogs out of the infield and ferry them out to the stands so they could get that sweet, sweet Martinsville hot dog. Nature's healing, Charles. Nature's healing. I had five. I had five. That's a weak number. Now, we had some guys get into it. I got into it with no less than four or five guys. McDowell and I were smashing into each other. I think I hit Daniel Suarez in the left for a quarter panel at least 40 times. You just can't get away from anybody. That's why everybody loves hashtag more short tracks because you're just on top of each other all day. And trying to manhandle 3,600-pound race cars around a half-mile paperclip is no easy task. So we saw – Ryan's guy, Brad Kozlowski, driving to the left rear of the nine, just going hard for the lead. We saw that. But, hey, the nine didn't take it personal. You know what? Hey, he got in there a little deeper, racing hard for the lead. I'm backwards. That's just Martinsville. But, no, no. We're going to talk to somebody here later in the show. He was in the winning end of a little uh, little scuttle, a little scuttle butt. But, Chuck, the 48 and the 11. Let's go ahead and cut right to the chase. How would you see it? I mean, I saw it as good hard racing. Like, it didn't look malicious from what I saw. I mean, yes, I think Denny is right to be upset because, you know, you think about it, he had to finish 25th to advance. He finished 24th. He was this close to not making it to that final four. So, like, I can understand why he would be upset. I'd also think, all right, I'm in, so maybe I'm not going to be as pissed off right now. I'll, I'll, I'll file that back in the Rolodex and, you know, next year, you know, we'll, we'll have a talk on the track. Maybe, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But I don't think Bowman, in my opinion, didn't like, there was nothing malicious, nothing wrong. He was going for the win. And when you're not in the playoffs, all you've got are those wins, right? All you've got is that trophy. And now he's got a grandfather clock. That's one of the most prestigious trophies in our sport. And now he gets to have that and wind it in his house or office, wherever he wants to put it. Well, Merriman, everyone had some pointed comments after the race. Now, I was a little bit confused because the shoe has been on the other foot. Denny Hamlin has wiped out Chase Elliott. That's why he's received in Martinsville like he's the worst guy that's ever graced in the infield there. I mean, he gets booed up one side and down the other. And he's from Virginia. Obviously, they thought that he wronged Chase Elliott enough that they just do not like Denny Hamlin uh, there at Martinsville. And Hamlin said, quote, he's just a hack, just an absolute hack who gets his ass kicked every week by his teammates. Man. Yeah. That one's personal. Like, he took it, what was a racing incident, and made it personal. I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I think heat of the moment, right? I mean – Denny has a chance to get another grandfather clock. Backing up to your your Chase Elliott Keselowski. Uh, shades of what 2016 come back to my mind where nobody for nobody remembers Chase punting Brad before Denny punted Chase in that race. So when Brad got into the nine, I was like, hmm, I wonder if Brad was thinking about about the incident that no one talks about. I was going to say, I bet Brad remembers that. Oh, yeah, Brad absolutely remembers <laughs> it. Damn right he 
remembers it. Yes. But look, I I get it. I understand. I mean, you have a chance to to win another race, build even more momentum before you go to uh go to Phoenix. I I think, you know, just flat out everybody's lucky that the five sped on pit road twice and took himself out because he looked like he had the best car all day anyways. But I don't know. I mean, Danny said what he said. I'm glad he said what he said. We got to write some good headlines. Uh, it made for some good content, and and we'll just we'll just have to see. I mean, you know, Alex Bowman gets to sell a couple T-shirts. I think everybody wins here, right? Except for Denny. Yeah, every, the only person who loses with Denny, but he also has a chance not to lose next week as we head into the championship race in Phoenix, guys. We can turn the page. It's the last one. It almost makes you a little sad, Chuck, knowing we're going to race of the year. It does. It does. And when you look at that race at Martinsville, you had those three guys that were battling like the closing laps of that race. We're trying to track all of these different storylines to figure out. All right. So Janie was at the track. It was her first time covering a NASCAR race uh, for production. So she had her camera. CJ, our normal camera guy, like we're, we're trying to split up and figure out, all right, you're going to go here. You're going to go here and trying to track down whose pit do you go to, what's going to be the story, who's in, who's out. They were separated at one point, by, or it, at one point, by one point, three drivers, and it, th- those guys just found their way. So you talk about guys that lose, you did have two losers in Keselowski and Kyle Busch that aren't racing next weekend for that championship. But Martin Truex Jr., who is, who had a beat-up car and now was pretty happy getting out of the car knowing that he's got a shot at getting a second title. Well, yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I don't want to breeze right over Martinsville because our good friend Ryan Flores, Pit Road Boats and Wells analyst, gave his driver a shot and almost threw the Hail Mary and punched his ticket, ended up third. How was y'all's day? He called it He called it before the race. He said, we're going to win. And there in the closing laps, I was like, holy shit, he was right. They're going to win. They're going to win. They were in the catbird seat yeah. there when Signed up third. I thought that the two was going to all shuck the front row and he was going to squirt away with the wind, but it didn't happen. Yeah, we had a blue collar day on pit road, just working on the car. And we had a tough time kind of getting in the box. That's a really hard place, I think, for the drivers to see. You could probably attest to that. Um, there being, we were in pit stall too, right behind the five. So we, we had a good day. I wish we would have licked the stamp and shipped the 48 there at the end. But the one thing that I kind of took away from it, like Brad, Brad was like super clean all day like yeah we dumped the nine not really intentionally but just trying to go and the grip was half a lane up you know and everybody was kind of fighting for that and then at the end of the race we got into the 18 and then the 18 kind of cut across our nose and i was kind of confused what was going on but to listen the funny thing that i took out of it was to listen to kyle talk about you know i should go down there and beat his ass and then (laughs) the reporter goes "Well, well why don't you and he's like, uh, he didn't want to get fined. Uh, I've already, I've already paid enough fines. Yeah. Like I, like they don't want the smoke. He wants to talk about it, but, but they don't want the smoke. And the thing, like going back to Denny, like you, you think about Earnhardt and them. I think what Denny did was great for the sport. Like I want to see somebody drive up there and run on the 48. Like I thought that was great for the sport, right? Great for selling t-shirts. That's stuff like Earnhardt and Rusty Wallace used to do. Right. But then he goes to Twitter and starts like combating with the fans and then, get, you know, it's like, how much of a distraction do you want to make for yourself? The guy lives in chaos a little bit. So, like, he's not somebody that has to have everything perfect. But I just that, I just didn't understand that one bit. No, and, I, you know, Chris Lambert, a spotter, was up on the roof in his ear when he was, you know, doing a burnout. Rightfully mad. You know, his, his chance for, uh, for Martinsville clock got taken away. But he is racing for a championship. And I don't know if you want to be answering questions. I don't know. I've never been in that position. Can't talk about it. But – he does like a little social media beef. I've been on the the other side of the ring with him on social media. Chase Briscoe was in there a couple weeks ago with him. So hey, he doesn't mind firing off some tweets, you know, talking about some stuff. But hey, to each their own. But now we go into Phoenix, Chuck. There are four guys, not 40. I mean, there's going to be 40 there racing, but there's only four that matter. Kyle Larson, Mr. Nine Wins, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., and Kyle Larson's teammate, reigning champion, awesome chase from the same place, Dawsonville, Georgia. Who are we liking? Two Gibbs, two Hendrick. Who's it going to be? That makes four guys. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not like, you know, you have four different guys that are all going for their first shot at a title. You've got a defending champ, and then you have Martin Truex Jr., who won his champ a couple years ago. And then you've got Denny, who has been that 
Like that's been the thing with Denny Hamlin is he hasn't won the title. And you, you say he lives in chaos. Like, I don't know. There's just something about these playoffs where Denny has like stepped up when he needed to step up and he almost had it at Martinsville. He starts in the rear. They failed tech twice and he has to start in the rear. And then he got a speeding penalty and had to work his way back up. Like you could tell at Martinsville that they had something there and they knew they could win. They had the car that could win. So I can see that little frustration. But does that fire him up heading into Phoenix? And then if you're Kyle Larson, you have nine wins. You're the guy that everyone is saying, if he doesn't win this championship, it's his to lose. Like, it's Kyle Larson's championship. We're almost crowning him. Like, I think between Martinsville and then Phoenix, we are in for a treat with wrapping up this season that is 2021. Well, and we're going to talk about it here a little bit, pit road boats and woes with the five being in that first pit box. Almost a little bit of a trap, but two speeding penalties. Dude, you're only one speeding penalty, one uncontrolled tire away from the championship hopes going up in flames. I mean, that's why you have to watch this thing down to the last lap because you don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, the, the fastest four cars of the year are the ones that be competing for a championship. Somebody who I think is the underdog going into this thing is the 19, a little bit under the radar. He won the spring race at Phoenix. He's no slouch, and he's trying to go two big trophies in his, uh, in his trophy compartment. So I don't know. The 19 is kind of flying on the radar with, uh, you know, you get the, the 11 in the headlines for what's going on this past week. The reigning champion trying to back up, you know, what he did last year. And then the guy who probably has the most, the highest expectations going into the weekend and Kyle Larson, Martin Truex, he's kind of chilling. He's playing with house money. Playing with house money. What's he really got to lose at Phoenix? Like, he's got a championship. He's proven that he's a winner. I, I go for broke, man. If you're if you're Martin Truex Jr., just go all out. Like, what do you got to lose? Yeah, I feel like those are the guys that are most dangerous, right? Like, they're from from top to bottom, pit crew, road crew. Like, he's got a very aggressive road crew. They're not scared. They got, those guys know how to you know how to get speed in their car, and their pit crew is battling for pit crew of the year right now. It's it's one race, right? I just saw a thing where. Uh, they were talking about it'd be a disservice if the 11 or the five didn't win. And that's, that's just not how this format, this is not how this format works. It, it's, it's one race to settle it. We all signed up for it at the beginning of the year. So if Kyle or the 11 doesn't win, we don't need to hear a bunch of people, you know, complaining about it. That's just how it goes. So we'll see who has the best day. The same ones that would complain about the five, or the 11, not winning are the same ones that complained about the point standing, the championship being the way it was and wanted it the way it is right now. So Yep. That's how it works. Stop complaining. You know, it, it it's a shame when when the Patriots run the table and lose the Super Bowl and they don't win the world championship. I mean, it's just a bummer, right? You 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 don't win the last one, you don't win the damn Super Bowl, you don't win the championship of the NFL. It's the same way. Our our system is set up the same way. We just have four teams playing at once. And Merriman's fired up today. Yeah. All the cold. I like it. I like it. And I mean, okay, let, let's ask this. And I know you said that the fans, like they're going to complain either way. And that is very true. But like if Larson goes into, if we're under the old point system, he's got nine wins. Are you watching Phoenix? If you know that he's already got it locked up? No, probably like, not. No, like when my dad won the Xfinity Series or the Bush Series championship in 90, I forgot what year it was. He won 96 and 97, but he won it like they gave him the trophy at Rockingham like not even yeah. the last race of the year like why would it be why would you even want to go watch the last race of the year well and to the people that will say oh well the racing's good it's like yes the racing is good but it's better when the like look for the Xfinity race the truck race and the cup race at Martinsville I was sitting I was nervous I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm on the edge of my seat and I'm at the track. And that's going to be the same thing in Phoenix because you don't know who's got it locked up. And it's going to come down to what happens in the race. And that is the most exciting thing that we have done, in my opinion. And all the people that are like, oh, we want the old school. Yeah, well, cool. Things change. This is way more exciting. And you have great action on the track. Because if you're a champion, you should be able to perform regardless. Well, one thing that gets lost in the sauce here real hard is that 
they act like you can win this championship without putting a year together, right? Like, oh, you can just get to the – dude, first off, cup racing is very hard. Winning a cup race is very hard. Getting to the final four is the, the one of the hardest things in the sport, obviously, to be a champion. You have to get there. And, and then seizing that opportunity once you're there, like, you have to put together a full year. You're not going to just – bullshit your way into the final four it's not going to happen you're just going to luck your way there so that that narrative if if you don't get there with nine wins it's not as sexy as just marching in there like the nine card or like the like the five card did but if you can grind it out and get there you have the same opportunity so you have to put together a full season but even but did the five car yes he locked his way in but is he marching into phoenix or is he after that performance in martinsville does that then does he get in his head? Oh, dude, he won two like, does of the, that mess him up? He and, won two of the three. You can, he's not marching into Phoenix. No. That dude is. No, he don't. That dude he is. He races so much, dude. Bulldozed into Phoenix. That guy's shoulders should be puffed up as broad as freaking the racetrack itself. That dude's a beast. Well, I also think, too, Kyle Larson's the guy. He's not going to look at this moment like it's any bigger than a midget race in Millbridge. I just don't, I don't think like that's just how he is. He goes into every race. Uh, and, and just going to drive the car to the, it, the fastest it's capable of going. You know, I, I don't think, but on the other hand, you get a guy like Denny who has been there before. He's been there how many times? Mo- like probably more than five times in the championship four and has yet to and continues to put that pressure on himself more than anybody else. Like he has to go win that race. Like Kyle Larson's going in like, hey, man, that's pretty cool. Like I didn't have a job. I was sitting watching from the couch this past year and I won nine races and I get to race for a championship. And so, like, that's why I think, you know, Kyle Larson doesn't really and truly have any stress going into this thing. He's got nothing to lose, just similar to uh, to, to Martin Truex. So I think the 5 and the 19 probably have the least amount of pressure going into this. And then you're looking at the, the 11 with self-inflicted pressure as well as 9 with random champ. So, Ice Cold Blue Mountain takes. Hit me with your championship pick. Who's it going to be? I, I've been going back and forth. I, I agree with you on Truex, and, and part of me wants to pick the 19 because everyone's overlooking them. I also think people are overlooking the 11 because he has been there four or five times before, and he's not been able to get it done, so they're like, mm, Denny in the championship, probably not going to win it. Something in my head tells me that it it's probably going to be Chase, and he's probably going to double up, win, win one more than his dad, become the second... Uh, well, I guess become a two-time champion and join Kyle Busch as the only two-time champions in the field. And then, you know, you can't argue against Larson. My my brain is pinging back and forth, and I won't be able to lock in an answer until Sunday when I see those cars on TV sitting on the grid. Something about that is, is just helps me lock it in. But I don't know, man. I, I think... So you've picked everybody in the field so I'm, far. I'm giving yes. you the rationale that, that what goes on in my head Something tells me Chase is is gonna get it done, and he's gonna win two titles. This will be uh, this will be Denny's fifth championship four appearance. I think Martin's at four. Actually, no, it might be his fifth as well. Um, so there is something in the back of my mind, and I'm gonna bounce around like Merriman, but there's something in the back of my mind, and I thought it going into Darlington at the beginning of the playoffs that. Denny was going to pull this one out. Did you see his tweet from February? Somebody, uh, uh, somebody was trolling him on Twitter. It's like, hey, Denny, which championship trophy do you like the best? And he tweeted back at him, 2021 Cup or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he called a shot in February. I just, I feel like there is something about the 11 this year that, like, when the noise comes in, he has found a way to step up. Um, you know, he barely missed out on that regular season championship. And then he gets that first win in the playoffs. Like, there's just something about what he's doing this year that I, I think it's his. But my mind is also looking at Kyle Larson and those nine wins, and he does run well at Phoenix. So I, I'm torn between those two. Those are the two. I think it'll be either the nine or the five. I almost said I think it'll either be a a Chevy or a Toyota that wins the championship. <laughs> You're probably not. I think it's between the five and the the five and the eleven. You just said it between the five, the five and the nine. Can't pick. I meant five and eleven. I meant Chuck five and just eleven. Picked everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, oh. What I meant was between the five and the eleven. 
not the nine and the. Do whatever. you think the you know winner I mean? of the race is going to be the champion, or do you think we're going to, for the first time, have someone else win? I I want it to be the champion. I want the winner of the race to be the champion because that makes everything post race easier. I want Corla Joy to win. Yeah. Hey, I'm fine with that. The last time I think we had a non uh, championship driver win the race was when Denny Hamlin won, and I think Jimmy won his title. I think that, and that's been how many years now? Jimmy didn't win that race. Or Kevin. Sixteen. Yeah. So like 2016 was the last time a non-playoff driver won or non-champion won the race. Well, I don't think it's going to happen because one of them four guys are going to win the race. They probably would win. They they probably win the race anyways, even if it wasn't championship on the line. But somebody's going to step up and get the job done. To your point about the 11, those guys got themselves in position for the regular season without a win, regular season championship because they were running top three top fives i think he set the most the record for the most consecutive top fives at like 10 or 11 this year uh it was a super impressive stat but top five in it guys ain't getting you the big trophy somebody's gonna go get that win and you can run third all day that'd be great day punch the ticket great run top five but somebody is gonna beat you if you're on third that means two guys beat you merriman i don't know if you can do math or not and it's gonna be the five you cannot stop that guy (laughs) Because he's going and they're going to win the championship because it's fate, you know, and if we go back, pull some Sunday money clips from this past year, maybe a, a text back and forth from Kyle Larson. And I told him they'd be writing a 30 for 30 documentary on him and his resurgence like a Phoenix. I will hold true to that. And the five car will have the big trophy on Sunday afternoon. Pit road boats and nose analysts. What do you think? I'm picking the five. I'll give you guys a quick, easy answer to five car. The, the moment's not going to be too big for the team. I mean, Kyle, you look at some of the races he, he's won this year, Knoxville Nationals, um, Eldora, you know, Fairbury with the late model, Chili Bowl. Those are big, big moments um, that uh, they might not be on the on the NASCAR stage, but they are, you know, huge moments in, in that realm of racing that the pressure is just tremendous. Um, so I think – uh, Cliff will do a good job leading them. Their pit crew has has been strong all year. Nothing flashy, you know. They they gain or maintain every time they're on pit road. So I'm looking forward to seeing them perform and uh, think that they'll come away with it. Well, we've got a couple good guests going in here. We've have Alex Bowman, the absolute hack himself, is about to jump on with us. Can't wait to pick his brain and and see what his thoughts were on this Martinsville dust-up with the 11. Then we'll dig into a little pit road boats and woes. So stand by for our big winner with that Martinsville clock. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, guys, we are joined by the big Martinsville winner, the hack himself, Mr. Alex Bowman. Thank you for joining Stacking Pennies. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. A little bit of altercation the other night. And you you had a great post-race interview. I went back and watched it about, you know, you guys are racing hard for the win. Now, the, the grip was oddly high for a martinsville race in my opinion the you couldn't really run your rights uh on that first seam you had to kind of move up a little bit so it looked like you guys were just uh arguing over the same real estate and got in there a little deep and got in the left rear and it certainly wasn't on purpose it was for the martinsville win so 
you know, from your driver's seat, how did you see that last little bit of the race wind up? Yeah, um, obviously we had a really great car all day. I felt like we were really fast and probably the best car on long runs, not that great on short runs. So um, all those cautions at the end were kind of my worst nightmare, but just felt like we were better than him. He got in really shallow to turn three and me and everybody behind me about ran him over and I knocked him up the racetrack and didn't want to pass him that way. So I literally gave the spot back and, and kind of re-racked and went back to work and ran underneath him for a long time and just was really loose. Uh, we were pretty loose all day and I burnt the rears off trying to get alongside him enough to be able to kind of take his line getting off the corner. And then finally, I just got loose in underneath him and drove into his left rear and, and unfortunately spun him out. I feel like everybody that races with me knows I race really clean, probably too clean at times. I'm not that guy who is overly aggressive and, and just goes out there crashing people every week. So hate that it happened. I, I understand why he's mad and don't want to win that way. But at the end of the day, we're standing there in victory lane and it's, it's pretty special to win at Martinsville in the 48 car. And you even mentioned in your post-race interview how Martinsville wasn't one of your better tracks. Uh, and anytime I see Alex Bowman run well, it kind of gives me a little bit of hope because you and I have kind of grinded it out from the bottom. We both drove for BK. You drove for Tommy Baldwin, who's probably a similar level as what I'm at with Spire Motorsports. And you get your shot at Hendrick and make the most of it. How is how different racing contended for wins is it? I don't know, maybe in the motivation factor, and you're a little bit removed from it now because you've been there a couple of years, but do you ever look back and be like, how the hell did I get from here to winning a grandfather clock? Yeah, it's um, it's pretty crazy for sure. You know, I, I definitely never would have thought that I would have ended up where I'm at after the first couple of years of my cup career. So uh, super thankful to be driving for Hendrick Motorsports. And, you know, it's definitely different towards the front half of the field. I feel like the back half of the field almost is harder at times, you know, guys, hang doors and, and race crazy hard all day long where the front half of the field, like the top 10 is really clean for three quarters of the, of the race. And then the intensity ramps up towards the end. So it's uh, a little bit different of an atmosphere and, you know, we've been a little bit off for the last couple months and found ourselves in, uh, in the Hornets nest back there where it's, it's pretty dicey all day, but yeah, we, we had a great car and to go to Martinsville and run well, like, I struggled. I, I just drive that place differently than, than most and especially than my teammates. So, you know, Chase does a good job of kind of driving like Jeff Gordon used to there. And, you know, he's got his thing going where he can, can kind of run the middle of the racetrack and make a lot of speed. I can't drive Chase's setup. I'll go run 25th with Chase's setup. So we've really had to develop something that worked well for me. And it took a long time to do that. But for the last four or five races there. I feel like we've been really good. We were really good there in the spring and unfortunately got caught up in a wreck and, you know, we were strong all day yesterday. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool to go there and run well. So I don't want to go too far away from the end of the race stuff between you and the 11, because that's obviously going to be the talking point between now and by the time we get to Phoenix, what were you thinking when he was doing a burnout, he spent, you know, double burden you out the windshield doing like, what was going through your head as that was happening? Yeah, the man, the only thing I could think about at that point was like when the E-Series, when you and I were running the E-Series that first year we went to Bowman Gray Stadium. Before we went there, uh, it was like me, Coleman Presley, Skip may have been with us. I don't know, it was a, like a carload of us drove up and went to just a regular weekend race at Bowman Gray Stadium. And all that shenanigans happened, right? Like you had the fights in the infield and the sheriffs running around the racetrack and like people turn around going backwards and just doing silly things. And that's all I could think about. And I'm like, man, I'm not going to do that. So, you know, I, I understand why I was mad and I would have been mad too. Obviously unintentional, but I can't change it. So, you know, I don't want to sit here and say it's short track racing, but at, at some point you're, you're going to run into people. And at some point those things happen. It's inevitable. And, and he had will probably be an infamous uh, quote called you a hack. It wasn't three minutes later. There was this fire t-shirt on your website for sale for pre-order. How do you get something whipped up that fast and on alexbowman.com? Mark Davis. Mark Davis is the secret sauce on that one. Uh, 
I don't. I give Mark a lot of crap, but he did a good job on that one. I was I was impressed. I text Kevin Hamlin, who works for Kane Screen Print, does all our merch stuff. I'm like, hey, I want a shirt that says Hack Across It. I think it'd be really funny. And he's like, you should look on your website because it's already there. So the Nobody Likes Us Anyway shirts, they cut us off. We're probably going to get cut off on this one too from the screen printers, but going to sell a bunch of them. Have already sold more than I know what to do with. Mark is our only shipping guy, and I feel really bad for him because he's going to have boxes stacked up taller than he is. But um, no, it, it's it's cool and just thankful for the support from fans. I honestly was expecting to get booed a lot when I got out of the car. So, you know, I never want to wreck a guy and I'm not sitting here saying thanks for cheering me for wrecking a guy, but uh, just thanks to the fans for the support. It was really cool. Well, if you had to pick one guy to wreck in Martinsville, you pick the right guy because people in Martinsville do not like Denny from wrecking their boy Chase there a couple of years ago and, uh, you know, hindering his chances to go to the, the championship race. Now, we're going to Phoenix this week. Do you think anything carry, carries over with Denny racing for a championship in terms of how you race him? Do you race him maybe a little bit easier, give a little bit more space? You know, how does a 48 race around the 11 here this coming week? Uh, normal, like any of those four guys. Like, I feel like championship race you you really have to be super respectful of those guys with what they have going on and i'm not gonna like not race them but at some point you can't just go in there and, and do anything dumb and um just gotta let them have their race so i don't think anything carries over because obviously he would be the one mad at me right and i think he's got a whole lot more to deal with this weekend and more to focus on he's trying to win a championship i don't think picking a fight with me at, at phoenix is gonna help his championship chase you know that's that's kind of the, the the situation that we live in with that deal he really can't afford to run into me with how sensitive the cup cars are these days so i don't think it's gonna be squashed anytime soon after how mad he was but at the same time he's got loose under me and crashed me twice. He crashed me at Indy two years ago and Texas last year. And both times he's like, hey man, sorry, I got loose underneath you and I crashed you. And it was what it was. I wasn't mad. I understand that stuff happens. And I understand that he's mad, but you know, that stuff does happen. And it always comes back around. It's inevitable. There's, uh, that's how racing works. Now, we only got one more of this in this season, 36 of them. We're about to be done. But you don't stop racing over the offseason. I hear Mark Davis with an impact in the background over at ABR and Morrison. I'm wondering if you could hear that. Uh, I can definitely hear. Somebody's getting some work done while you're in here chopping it up with on the media tour. But talk a little bit about the sprint car you built. You've got a, a asphalt sprint car. Is it a, a midget? Midget. Oh, midget. For Josh Wise, went to IRP and, and won. Uh, I wanted to ask you a couple of things. One, what you're doing in the offseason, what you're driving, uh, as well as the impact that Josh Wise, who's been training some of the Chevy guys, have behind the scenes. Yeah, so um, getting ready for World Finals with the World Outlaws this week. Pretty excited to have Cole Macedo drive my sprint car for that. Uh, CJ Leary normally drives it, and he is busy at Oval Nationals. So excited for that. I think Cole's a great kid. He helped me a lot when I went sprint car racing for two weeks. So pumped for that. And Got a lot of other things going on. We got the Chili Bowl stuff. Um, Going to run uh, 2.4 hours of lay mullets down with uh, at the Freedom Factory with Cletus McFarland. So excited about that. Um, hang, on, hang on, hang on. Don't just breeze over that. Tell, like, isn't it Crown Vicks? And they have, like, 20 Crown Vicks, and you just beat the crap out of them for, for you know, however long it takes? Well, mine's a Chevrolet something. But, um, yeah, it's uh, – it's he goes to state auctions and just buys a bunch of state vehicles right and and puts roll cages and nitrous on them and we go have a good time so it's a lot of fun last time there mine kind of fell apart so hopefully it stays together but i think kurt bush is doing it travis pastrana did the last one i don't know if he's doing this one ton of pro of pro guys so it's always a good time down there you have guys from so many different aspects of motorsports and just like the craziest personalities you've ever seen. The first day I was ever at, at Garrett's house, they flipped a monster truck into the pond. So Florida people are wild. <laughs> There's some weird stuff that goes on down there, but it'll be a good time. And then obviously NASCAR has got us so busy testing this off season. It's going to be interesting. Aside from the year I drove the wheel force car, I haven't really tested much in my cup career. So uh, it's going to be different doing some testing, trying to dial in the, the next gen car and that's really about it. Well, I know uh, I'm going to let you go here, but before you've been on the show before, so you know the deal. We're going to ask a couple would you rather questions. Uh, and 
I just have prepared less and less for these questions each and every week. So I just come off the top of my head with them. First question, would you rather win one championship, no clocks, two clocks, no championship? One championship, no clocks, for sure. So maybe maybe Denny's in the better spot after all. You know, he's, he's got a chance to win for, or run for a championship. We'll find out. He's been there before and uh, hasn't quite got the big one yet, but we'll see. Would you rather, number two, would you rather put that grandfather clock in your office that we're sitting there looking at ABR, or would you rather put it in your and, – and it stays wound. Like, it always rings. Okay. Like, let's just say that's the infinitely wound grandfather clock. Would you rather it be in your bedroom or Mark Davis's bedroom? Mark Davis's, for sure. Like So it rings every hour and wakes him up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, halfway I think that I need to put it in this office because this is really Mark's office. So I want him to have to wind it all the time. I feel like that's a good, annoying job for him. That'll make him hate me even more. Where is that thing going to live, though, realistically? Probably somewhere in my house. All, all my cup trophies are in my house. Not that I have a ton of them by any means, but the few that I have are, are in my house and they're all, I mean, as a kid, that's what you work for, right? Is is to win cup races. So they're they're pretty much the most meaningful items that I have, and the, so it'll be somewhere in there. Yeah, and you sir have one of the coolest ones there is. And I don't know if we asked you this first time, but we've been asking it lately. If you had to pick one car and one track to race at for what rest of your life, what are you going with? Uh, pavement midget at Irwindale. Yep, I feel like you already answered that when you had her on the tip of your tongue. Best thing in the whole world. Best race car ever. They used to run turkey night there. Then they moved it to dirt, right? So it was dirt initially, like back in the day at Ascot. And then I think it went to Ventura and Bakersfield and then ended up at Irwindale. I feel like it was pretty famous before, but really became famous at Irwindale. Um, I really wish it was still at Irwindale, but USAC kind of let pavement midgets die, so... Glad that Casey and the guys at Indianapolis Raceway Park have brought back pavement midgets because I've had a paperweight sitting around for 10 years and it's been fun to uh, to go play with it this year. Well, there you have it from the hack himself, Mr. Alex Bowman, Martinsville winner. Thanks for jumping on the podcast with us, buddy. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. It is time for a little pit road boats and woes with our analyst and good buddy Ryan Flores, front changer for the two of Brad Kozlowski, who gave his driver a chance to punch his ticket into Phoenix in the championship four, but came up two spots short, but a little bit of woes this weekend on pit road in Martinsville, right? Yeah, there was, there's quite a bit, you know, the, the five car speeding was, I think the one that stands out to everybody. Why the first box, you should just be able to drive right out. No harm, like no harm, no foul, but he sped not once, but twice out of that box. Yeah. If you remember back last year, Keselowski sped as well. We were in pit stall one. Well, 
the true pit stall one is um is where the monster pit box is. So monster pays and they have a, a pit box set up for fans to sit at. They actually set that up in pit stall one. So pit stall one now is what essentially is pit stall two, which gives you about, you know, 15 more foot where when you launch out of your pit box, by the time you get to the timing line, like by the time you're clearing the line, I think that you can trip that. Uh, so it's just like maybe, maybe a couple feet that you miss it by. Um, but it seems to be a common occurrence down there in, uh, in pit stall one. One thing, that uh, came up this week. That was kind of a hot topic right before the cup, like right before the weekend, was lug nuts. They made a rule. They came out with a pretty strict rule to enforce um, nobody cutting threads out of the back of their lug nuts. So one thing that I guess some teams got really carried away with was uh, cutting. They hell, some teams are cutting four four threads out of the back of their lug nuts, and essentially just they're there's they're pretty pretty hard on the stud length. So your stud length, you can't cheat. They have a gauge for that. So to make your stud length shorter, you can't do that. So they just take the, the threads out of the nut. So the nut just sits further on the on the stud. Uh, so NASCAR got hip to that this weekend. So there was quite a bit of teams running lug nuts that were out of spec, some worse than others. But, uh, yeah, there was people scrambling before the race to uh, to make sure that they were legal. Now, is that like a – Sunday morning thing like, hey, we're gonna start checking, we're gonna look at your nuts here. So make sure you got the right ones. It was a Saturday after lunch for sure. So it was a, you know, it was a thrash to to get everybody everybody was just kind of more nervous about what what you were gonna have. I know I even talked to Sparks, they were next to us and he came over and showed me two out of this two nuts out of the same box that were cut different. Um, that if one was on there, you probably would have got a fine. So it was uh, it was kind of a learning process for everybody to understand what you know what was allowed and what the tolerance was going to be, and it's a big difference. It's a big difference when you go from you know one lug nut to another like that, and your your practices and everything are already done for the week, so you put the work in for one type of lug nut and you switch it. And it, it is a big difference, but you just got to grind and get through it. You know, it's not life altering. You just change your hand speed a little bit, make sure you get them tight. So was there any other woes then on pit road in Martinsville? Because there are potential for woes here at Phoenix with that rounded, probably the most weird pit road that we go to. Is there anything you want to talk about Martinsville before we go talk about Phoenix stuff? Martinsville is most challenging, right? Martinsville is the most challenging pit road physically that we go to, especially if you're pitting in a corner like you and we were next to each other. You were in three and we were in two. It's hard to see for us, for our jump line, especially if you're coming around a car. We saw that happen with the nine last year as a perfect example. And then the the banking on pit road, it's banked and then your pit box is flat. So you, when you're doing, when you're pitting the car, you're out on that, you know, banking. So you have to adjust and it's a mess, man. Talk about there, like in Martinsville, usually a fender's usually pushed in and you have to do some sort of damage repair. You can't just knock out a clean stop without doing something that's probably in your way. Yeah, if it's not like we're at Charlotte and the fender's dented, you're gonna try to fix it, right? In Martinsville, if it's not in your way and it's not rubbing something, you're leaving it, you know. So you're just doing the best you can. The the wheels are tucked up into the fenders pretty tight. The the way that you know there's max camber on both sides, so it makes it harder to pull the tires. Those are the things that you know that you're going in there that it's just gonna be a, a workhorse day. Phoenix is a little bit more straightforward. One thing I look back at film last year, we did four or five pit stops in the championship race. And then this year in the spring, I think we did seven or eight stops. So depending on what tire they bring this week, you know, there's potential for every time the caution comes out or how that falls to, to really be doing a lot of pit stops. I feel like we lost this race on pit road last year. You know, I think the moment was too big for the team that we had assembled at that time. And um, we'll see, you know, there's, there's four really, really strong pit crews in this thing now. And uh, we'll see, who, who steps up to the plate, especially with the changes that came this week. Well, you said it on here before and you say it often. Races aren't necessarily won on pit road, but they damn sure could be lost. What what crew are you looking at per the impact numbers? And also, do, I don't know if you have the impact numbers sitting in front of you or not, but who is the strongest out of those four pit crews on the stats? So by the impact numbers, the 19 has come on the strongest here late in the season. They have a, a really solid crew, but the five car has just been so strong so strong uh the, the nine is obviously your reigning champs the nine car the nine car and the 11 car as long as they keep the rosters the same will be racing for a championship the nine car will be on the nine on saturday and the 11 will be on the 18 so they'll be racing for two championships this weekend we'll, we'll see the the nine's been in the news a lot with big mistakes but they also won hundred thousand dollars at texas 
I don't necessarily think it's going to come down to busting off the fastest stop of the race at the end. It very well could, but it's going to be keeping your driver in it and, and making sure that, that you keep them in the game all day and don't take them out of it, which uh, big pit stalls at Phoenix now, which which poses a risk for, for stopping long, for blowing long. It's a real slick pit road. And one thing that, that, that needs to be mentioned is, you know, we're practicing and qualifying this week and we're picking pit stalls based off qualifying. So with that being said, those guys aren't going to get the four best pit stalls. If they go out there and miss qualifying and qualify 30th, they could be in a really bad spot. So that's another thing that they got to take into consideration. They, they're going to have to qualify well. And, you know, if the 19 qualifies first and they get the first pit stall, I mean, that's a huge advantage. So we'll see um, who brings Ray game for with having qualifying back. Yeah. I mean, that's something you don't even really think of now. We just haven't practiced in so dang long. We got full weekend this weekend, boys, with a practice and we're going qualifying. Kind of miss it a little bit. So that'll be nice. So you guys were in the championship four last year. Uh, you were two spots shy of being in that championship four again this year. But you guys, now that you know, I mean, you're still competing for fifth place in points per se, but you, do you guys prepare any different than you did when you were trying to go for a championship this week? If, if we weren't racing for the Xfinity championship, yes. We'd just move on to start practicing some one lung nut stuff this week and get ready for the off season. Uh, but since we're going for an Xfinity championship, you know, that's not taken lightly at all by us. So we'll, we'll do a, a full team Xfinity practice and just be ready to go um, and do that. And then usually uh, at the end of the season, you know, you, you're done with Phoenix, done with the last race of the year. And, you know, for a veteran guy like myself, you wouldn't see uh, the inside of the practice facility again until January with the changes coming with one lug nut. We'll start practice right up again in December and uh, and run all the way up until we leave for for uh, Daytona in February. So that'll make it a little bit more grueling. The injuries that kind of linger around will stay there. But, you know, you got to put your big boy pants on. And then if you want to be a pit crew guy for a living, you, uh, you, you know, you're going to have to do stuff like that. So. Yeah, we're ready to go. Race for a championship and uh, let the cards fall where they may. And we'll see what cards fall on pit road and see if anybody has some woes that hurts their chances for a championship. We're going three championships this weekend, Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. So it's going to be an entertaining weekend as pit road boats and woes with front tire changer, Brad his car, rifle. Do you want the chance to win 2.5 million pennies? Then you better download the Jackpot Races app. Merriman, the last week, our fans had the chance to win $25,000. Who is our first group? All right, so group one is basically your championship four. Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr. You throw in a couple M&Ms and some body armor in there with uh, Kyle Busch and Ryan Blaney. And there you go. That's group one. Who are you picking? The five. One, two, three, four, five. I think Flores is going five, yeah? The five. Look, I know I waffled earlier and was between the 11 and the five. I'm going to go five. Uh, did somebody say niner? I did. I'm going with Chase Elliott. So that's who I just clicked on. Uh, group two, best finish. Brad Keselowski, Logano, Harvick, Christopher Bell, William Byron, Tyler Reddick. I don't know. Willie B's going to run pretty strong, but the two car was strong. Where did you guys run in the spring? Uh, fourth third or fourth and we should have we really honestly should have won the championship last year so yeah my gut would say william byron but this is brad's last race for the captain and he's going to want to go out on a high note so i wouldn't put it past brad to have a damn good day and his front tire changer is pretty good yeah i don't think that two cars bad pick um you know that last pit stop might really uh be a little slow stop on the front chuck who you got that second round you you mentioned it i like the 24 I think William Byron is going to finish out this year strong. And he has been. He has been finishing out strong. So I think uh, that 24 pick out of that group is a good one. I like that, too. I don't really care who you pick, Merriman, out of that group. <laughs> group three, what is it? I'm picking Harvick. Uh, group three, Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, Austin Dillon, Eric Almarola, Ross Chastain, and Matt DiBenedetto. Bowman. Yeah, I mean, we got to give him a little bit of love. He was just on the show. So Bowman – who, remind you, this is where he pretty much made his career. His first fill-in race for Dale Jr. in the 88 car. He dumped Matt Kenseth eh. uh, for the on the front row. So this racetrack pretty much made Alex – I don't know about made. It launched Alex Bowman's shot with Hendrick Motorsports at this racetrack. So Alex Bowman will ride that Hendrick momentum uh, to a good day here. Kenseth came down. That's all I'll say. Kenseth came down. 
he also rode on Matthew Dillner at Phoenix in a kiddie pool too. So he's he's got a lot of experience uh, rising to the occasion. And uh, <laughs> that's true. Well, hey, yeah. And also a Phoenix kid too. So that's a it's a hometown race for all A Bowman. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go one last time this year. Oh gosh, the one, Kurt Busch. Closing her out. <laughs> one last time. One last time. <laughs> one for the one. Chuck Stone. Yeah. One. I'm going with the 48. Hendrick Carr's been the fastest ones all year, and he is not going to get beat by all of his teammates this this week, unlike what Danny Hamlin says. So Alex Bowman's got a little confidence. Take it to the bank. Not for victory lane, but he'll be in the top five. Group Group four is interesting. Bubba Wallace, Chris Buescher, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Daniel Suarez, Eric Jones, and then a Corey Lajoie. Lajoie. Why would they put me in the- I don't know, but hey, your stock is going up. Let's go. Now, don't take me in that group because all four of the mother cars are better than mine. See that? Merriman just took it. Done. Took you. Picked you. Ooh. Did you take me as well, Chuck? No, I did not take you. Okay, good. Thanks. Yeah, we were about an 18th place car uh, there the first race, and then we did some funky pit strategy and not a good day. But the 17 car has been sneaky good. He's been up in the top 10 the last four or five weeks. You know, I think that they swapped their pit crews or they swapped their road crews around. You got Scott Graves on that 17 car. The 17's been strong. So we'll see. I think uh, I would take him in that group. I don't disagree. I think Chris Buescher is one of the most underrated guys in the Cup Series, personally. He's been uh, he's been a dark horse of mine for quite a while. Chris Buescher's a good one. 17. Book it. I dig it. I dig it. You dig it? I dig it. And there you have it. Hey, Merriman, where do people go for their chance to win $25,000 or $2.5 million pennies? Go to the App Store. Download Jackpot Races, click it, download it, fill out your information, and then pick your drivers. That easy. Even I could do it. Well, there you heard it. Get on up here. Appreciate you. And uh, everybody go download Jackpot Races. All right, guys, we're getting down to it. Last two little bits. Hashtag Penny for your thoughts on Twitter. Got a couple good questions this week. Only a couple more. Only a couple more, guys. And then I will hit y'all with who the penny stagger of the weekend is. But, Janie, what do we got for questions? All right. Our first one comes from Scott. And he says, Corey can only buy one number seven die cast. Which one do I buy? The Built Bar, Stroker Ace, or Darlington Throwback, Xerox? Help me out. Ooh, man. Those are all three good ones. Why don't you just go ahead and buy all three? Or I got a better idea. You buy one big one, you buy the one big Darlington throwback car, because that one was super cool, and then you buy the two other small ones. So you buy the small Bill Bar one, and you buy the small Stroke Race one. So you buy all three, but you just get the two smaller ones, and then one big one. I don't think he can afford three, Corey. He's asking for one. He can afford two small ones. And if he can't afford it, borrow one from your old man. All right, Janie, question number two. All right. The next one is also by a guy named Scott, Scott Bowen. And he says, what's one thing you think you'll miss from the current car that's not in the new car? Um, I don't really know, to be honest with you. Side force, probably. You know, you got a big spoiler, big quarter panel on the side, big flat door on it right now. And the next-gen car doesn't have it. You know, the, the, right, the tail on those cars are dead center, similar to what we have on the road here uh, with any other car. So you're not going to have that air, this that side force to be able to lean up on top uh, onto if you get out of shape. So there'll be plenty of guys wishing and missing some side force here when we come to a short track or intermediate for sure. All right. And our last one is from Nathan Grant. And he says, hey, Corey, I know you told it before back in the OG Sunday money days, but you've grown a lot more in popularity. And well, I've forgotten. Can you tell your new fans and longtime forgetful ones how you got the name Super Shoe? Yeah, so one of dad's buddies when I was growing up, I was probably uh, 11, 12 years old, you know, winning some go-kart races and running pretty well. Started calling me Super Shoe. Like, if you're a good wide receiver in football, they'll call you Hot Hands or something. So, like, that's the racing terminology is a shoe. And they started calling me Super Shoe, and I got in the Cup Series, and I tried to drop the Super because when you run 24th every week, uh, nobody really gets excited to be called Super Shoe. But we're working to try to – tick that super shoe back on there but yes a lot of people know me by shoe and that's what we go with that's where it came from phoenix could be the weekend you you could regain that name again probably not 
you know, we're still realistic. We're trying to be realistic with a top 20 is our win at Spire Motorsports. It's not fancy. It's not sexy, but uh, it kind of is what it is. And we try to end the year on a strong note for sure. Also want to end the podcast year, which we can talk about that after this year's over. We'll have a big episode here next week. Hopefully we can get to talk to the cup champion, but also we want to talk to you guys because we're going to we'll have multiple penny stackers this week. Number one, Tyler Turner is a penny stacker of the week. Uh, he has been a devoted fan over the last couple of years of the podcast as he listens to the podcast while he runs every Thursday morning. So while you're running, Tyler, I hope you're having a PR run, run up that hill super duper fast because you, sir, are the penny stacker of the week. He, he had his fiance there. They had a whole group of friends there for the first race in Martinsville. So hopefully their group had a good time as well as Everett Larson. Been a buddy of mine. He lives out by Bristol. He's a champ car racer. I've got his picture hanging in the Spire truck for some motivation because I remember being him wanting to be where I'm at and he gives me good perspective. So Everett, you sir are also the penny stacker of the week. And that's it. After this about an hour and a half show, Janie, I'm kind of kind of over it. Kind of over it? Yeah, I'm kind of over it. You know, run out a little bit of steam. So hopefully y'all don't run out of steam because we have a big weekend, championship weekend coming up at Phoenix. So tune in and while you're doing that, keep stacking pennies.